Up World. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and do it. I'd appreciate it. Thanks for making Lockdown Blazers your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms and available every single weekday, five days a week, your only daily Trailblazers podcast. Come back and join us. Tell your friends to do the same. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers losing to the Dallas Mavericks. Super shorthanded Portland drops a, a home game to the Dallas Mavericks, their second straight loss. And then we're talking trade stuff. Robert, There's interest in Robert Covington all around the league. He's very likely to get moved. Who might be trading for him? We'll talk about that to close the show. As well as Norman Powell. There might be some teams that are after Norm as well. With We're uh, two weeks away from the trade deadline and things are the rumor mill is heating up we will talk about that in the second and third segments to close the show but before we do that let's do what we do at this time the fastest recap in the west blazers lose 132 112 to the mavericks it was bad right away the blazers were down eight nothing and they never never held a lead they trailed from the opening tip until the buzzer eight zip and then 40 to 25 at the end of the first quarter they have 40 points it was actually 41 but then they made a two and two a three uh so it was 40 but i wrote down my notebook uh at 41 and then i had to go back i've, I've crossed it out here uh 40 so got you know they got a point back it was only it was only 15 not 16 at the end of the first quarter and they kind of kept it respectable in the first half down down nine at halftime 68 59 uh cjlb had a nice little first half seven points Three boards, four assists, and 13 minutes. He was plus eight uh, in a game where the Blazers were down nine. That means they were outscored by 17 in the 11 minutes that CJ, McC- that CJ LB was not on the floor. Uh, the Blazers made it a game in the fourth, in the third quarter. Like they were in it, and they were down 80 to 76 with four minutes to go in this in the fourth. Um, and then the Mavs closed that quarter on 18-5 run, went into the fourth with a 17-point lead, and that was all she wrote. The, the Mavs cruised from there. We got garbage time late, 132-112 Mavs win. That's your fastest recap in the West. 23 points for Anthony Simons to go with seven assists. CJ McCollum added 20 and six assists, 18 and eight boards for Yusuf Nurkic, 19 for Norman Powell, and two for starter Tony Snell. That's right, starter Tony Snell, because the Blazers were extremely shorthanded in this one. Already playing without Zeller out for the rest of the year, Damian Lillard probably out for the rest of the year, and Larry Nance just off in no information land injured for the Blazers. Went on a road trip and was was like maybe going to return the road trip, and now back for two games, still hasn't played, and there is no real update on him. That's that's the official word, no real update. Hopefully we learn soon. Hopefully we get a real update because uh, Larry Nance would be nice to have back. But Robert Covington also missed this game, joining, the, joining that trio on the bench, and Nazir Little. So the Blazers basically only forwards left on the roster with all due respect to Tony Snell and Trenton Watford, like NBA quality forwards on the roster, not in this one. Uh, both, both those gentlemen are injured in the, on the, last night um in that loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves uh it was it's a left shoulder strain the Blazers have called it a sprain and a strain for Naz, for Nazir Little um he got tangled up with Carl Anthony Towns on a uh reaching for a rebound and he left the game and then came back for the final possession it is a grade one MCL strain for uh for Robert Covington a knee injury he ended up he got hurt they took a timeout and he actually ended up finishing the game and played Chauncey Billups said prior to the game that it's neither of them are, are major he doesn't expect it to be serious um you know serious injuries but he didn't give us a timeline uh Robert Covington on the bench Nazir Little not on the bench if maybe that's a way to track it although the 
shoulder thing seems less bad than the knee thing. So maybe that is meaningless, but just just so you know. But I mean, the Blazers just this that that was the story, right? Is they were just a little bit shorthanded, and and. The Mavs took advantage. Chris Haps-Porzingis had a really big first quarter. He finished with 22. Luka Doncic didn't even play well, and he was the best player on the court with 15 points, 15 assists, and 10 boards. He was 4 of 11 from the floor and just was like kind of just not aggressive looking for his own shot and was still the best player on the court. Jalen Brunson, 20 points and 11 boards. Uh, Dwight Powell and Reggie Bullock, 15 each off the bench for the Mavs. This game was about talent. I mean, it was about, it was about some other things. Like, I thought the Blazers... They played pretty well the previous evening, and they were missing some guys. And when you're missing some guys, you want to like st- you want to give yourselves keep yourselves in the hunt. And the Blazers, you know, gave up 65% shooting and gave up five three pointers and 40 points in the first quarter. And they were not they were not in the hunt. The hunt was the hunt was pretty much done. You know, they hung around, played well in the second quarter to stay with it, played well the the opening eight minutes of the third quarter to stay in it, and they just ran out of talent when they had to go to the bench, um, which was. Uh, basically in the second half, just Trendon Watford and uh, Ben McLemore off the bench. It was base and, and CJ Ellaby. It was basically eight guys: Ellaby, McLemore, and Watford with the, with your starters. Um, they got exposed a little bit just because they're missing some offense. Uh, Greg Brown made a, a first half cameo and then played a garbage time. And Keldon Blevins only got some uh, garbage time minutes. All ten available Blazers played. Dennis Smith Jr. also missed this game with an ankle injury. He was uh, he was questionable heading into the game and he was ruled out before tip off. Um, Blazers could have used him just because Dennis Smith Jr. is pretty good. He's a backup, pretty good backup point guard. Um, there there wasn't. There's not like a big takeaway from this game. I don't have. Um, I don't have red hot takes. This was a talent game um, and the Blazers didn't have enough talent and it showed the start was the problem. Like they just, you start flat in the first quarter and you're already playing with a talent deficit. You're not going to win. Um, you're not going to come back from down 15. Uh, the Mavs are a pretty good team. They were coming off a 38 point loss last night. You knew they you were, they were going to be ready for it. And the Blazers didn't, didn't, they were, they weren't attentive enough to the, to making things tough on the Mavs early. Their defense was bad and they got, and that was it. The game was basically over, um, or at least they were in scramble mode and they used all that energy to stay with it in the third quarter. And that's your ball game. Uh, let's, we don't need to spend much more time on this. This was little T tanking. They didn't have enough NBA players. They lost the game. They fall to 20 and 28 on the season. Um, th- not an intentional loss, but this is what tanking looks like. You do not have enough NBA players to play a game. Um, maybe this is a direction they had in the future, but this is, this wasn't, um, this wasn't anything more than, than a really bad start. And then just not enough good players to come back against a pretty solid, a pretty solid Mavs team. But let's, let's shift gears. Like I said, let's talk about trades, Robert Covington, Norman Powell. We'll start with Rocco. We'll talk about Powell. That's what we'll do to close out the show. But before we do that, I want to tell y'all about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. That's all it is. Whatever that sports action is, the NBA's regular season still chugging along with games every single night. The NFL playoffs that are down to the uh, conference finals. The NHL's regular season, uh, which is which is rolling along as well. If you want to bet in soccer all over the globe, uh, football. If you're if you're listening from somewhere else, um, or you want to bet on combat sports like MMA. Um, it's all available there. Plus, you can play your favorite Vegas casino games all on BetOnline.ag. If you go right now and use the promo code Locked On when you're making your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. 100 bucks magically becomes $150. You can get in all that action I just talked about. So don't wait. Go take advantage of this great offer. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's keep it rolling. We talked about the Blazers' loss to the Mavs. Okay. 
move along a 20 point loss at home you know coming off a good road trip to lose back-to-back games lose a close one that you could have had um a couple guys get injured and then you just get get walloped that's it and that's all let's talk about trade stuff there's some reporting from uh michael scotto over at hoops hype and Robert Covington is the big old name on the headline. I, I, yeah, the headline is actually Ben Simmons. But for our purposes over here at Lockdown Blazers, Robert Covington is the name in bold. It had been reported earlier this week by Mark Stein, an independent NBA reporter on his Substack. I don't know where credit him. Mark Stein, NBA reporter Mark Stein, reported um, that the Utah Jazz have expressed interest in uh, Robert Covington. And Michael Scotto um, you know, confirmed that report and said, in addition... The Minnesota Timberwolves and Cleveland Cavaliers also have interest in Robert Covington. Um, Of these teams, I think the Cavs seem to make the most sense as a trade partner. Let's walk through this together a little bit. Um, The Jazz, like the the money that makes the most sense for the Jazz to trade with Joe Ingles, and the Jazz don't have picks really to trade. They've traded away a lot of their picks. They can't trade away a first-round pick until 2027. Now, you might say, Mike, a first round pick in 2027 from the Jazz is a pretty good bet. Let's do it. I think so too, which is why I don't think the Jazz would. That's like the last of their firepower. They're not, maybe you get that for Rocco. I think that's best case scenario. It's like Joe Ingles and the 2027 first round pick. That's, you know, whatever top 15 protected, lottery protected. Um, that, that seems like a good deal from the Jazz, but that's they've they have gone all in to make so many trades that I'm not sure that they. That, that Rocco is the guy that they kind of spend their last first protected first round pick chip on, but maybe um, straight up Joe Ingles for Robert Covington does not do it for me. Uh, Joe Ingles had a historic shooting season last year. He's not that this year. I think his defense has taken a step back. His playmaking would help the Blazers, but he doesn't answer their essential question, which is how do you defend around Damian Lillard? Rocco doesn't really answer that question. And he is a, he, and the reason the Jazz would be trading for him is because he'd be a significant defensive upgrade over Jingling Joe Ingles. So not for me. Um, not, I don't love to. See, I don't love the Jazz's sort of trade chips. But if you know other teams are involved, sure. Uh, Rocco could end up in Salt Lake City. That's it's whatever. Uh, Minnesota, the the name like Minnesota just doesn't have a lot of um, big money contracts. And they have very few guys who are under contract for next season. They have really, um, other than their stars, like pretty clean books uh, next year. It's either like young guys on really good deals or everyone else, like all the other vets are expiring, including Torian Prince, who's the money that makes the most sense to trade straight across for Robert Covington. But I don't think it makes total sense for the Blazers to trade Robert Covington for another expiring contract. That doesn't do them really any good. Now, if they like Torian Prince, they could get his bird rights and they can re-sign him. And bird rights means you can go over the cap to sign a free agent. But Prince will be an unrestricted free agent, so he doesn't have to come back to the Blazers. Same with Covington. Um, And letting either one of them walk, letting any expiring money walk, you still aren't going to end up with meaningful cap space. There is no—the Blazers do not have a path forward if— if CJ and and Norm and uh, and Damon Lord are on are are on the roster to have cap space, like they're just not going to have it. They're going to be basically at the cap line just by virtue of like who having those three guys on the roster. So there's no you're just there isn't a magic path forward to that. Um, and I don't think and cap space doesn't do the Blazers really good because one the free agent class is poor and two there's this isn't a place where people come to sign. Um, it's just it's it's the harsh reality that's been the truth for the Blazers for. 35 years. Um, so 
Torian Prince from Minnesota Timberwolves, big, big rangy forward who I like. Um, I think he's a little bit worse than Robert Covington, but it would be fine. Maybe a different, you know, change of scenery helps. Um, but again, expiring contract, not great. So the other one that like the money makes sense is Malik Beasley, but like a shoot first guard is not what you want to acquire if you're the Blazers. It's like, um, just just let Ben McLemore play play those minutes. Um, Beasley's probably better than McLemore, but um, he hasn't shot it as well this year. He's 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 um, like thirty seven percent from the floor from uh, from like thirty seven percent field goal percentage is really brutal for a guy who's supposed to bring it on offense. So um, I don't like Minnie's package of picks or package of players. They don't really have anyone else to trade. A bunch of intriguing young parts, but none of them to make the money work because Robert Covington makes about thirteen million dollars a year. Um, so that leaves us with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think they have the most sensible, like, straight-across trade piece, and that'd be Jetty Osman. Um, a few years ago, before Jetty Osman signed this extension, I thought he was going to turn into a really good player. He has not. Um, he's like a rotation-level f- forward who can shoot a little bit. Um, I thought he was going to more have more off-the-dribble juice. I thought he was going to be able to run pick-and-rolls. I thought he was going to be, like, a real 3-and-D, interesting playmaking wing. He's not. He's kind of just like a... Like, a big standstill forward. Um, but his money is on the books in the future. So you could trade for him. He'll be on the roster next year. So he'll actually be able to play and you'll be able to potentially trade him in the future. Um, Roko for Jetty Osman is not like a trade I would get excited about. I'm not encouraging you to get excited about it. I'm just saying of like these teams that, that Michael Scott of hoops hype has, has given us um, the, the jazz, the Cleveland Cavaliers and Minnesota Timberwolves. That one makes kind of makes the most sense. That one's the most like reasonable one. Um, also not that enticing. Scotto says in the same piece, uh, it's actually a transcription of a podcast, but I didn't listen to the podcast. I read the transcription. So I appreciate that work, transcribing podcast. Um, that's good stuff. Uh, so that Robert Covington is un- very unlikely to net a first round pick in return. So you're trading him for multiple seconds or players. And if you're trading for players, I don't think you want expiring deals. I think you want players that can, that, that can play. Like I think you want, I think you want I think you want, I don't, I don't think you want a Torian Prince. Um, and I don't think, I don't think you want, um, you know, an, an aging Joe Ingles. Like I, I, I'm not trying to sell you on Jetty Osmond, but of these names and you just like a quick scan of the rosters for money that makes sense. This is the closest thing to money that makes sense. And not that enticing, but this might be the market for Robert Covington. Although if there are multiple teams interested, perhaps this market gets driven up a little bit. Perhaps the asking price uh, works in the Blazers' favor. Uh, in addition to those three teams, that's uh, Utah, Cleveland, and Minnesota, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report reported that the um, that the Sacramento Kings have some interest in Robert Covington. I think this has been the long-linked idea that so many listeners have sent me for Marvin Bagley for Robert Covington. I think maybe it's worth taking a, a taking a taking a swipe on um Bagley's going you're going to have to pay Bagley this summer he's going to enter um you know you're going to have to make a decision on on what what you want to do with him entering uh free agency but um i i know he went to the to duke so like grain of salt if you're listening to this tar he'll talk about him but like i don't think i don't i'm not a marvin bagley believer um if you are cool i think roko for bagley is maybe the biggest upside swing you can take because bagley in a new situation that isn't the stink of the sacramento kings might be good it's just if you're asking me my opinion i don't think it's gonna be good i don't see it i don't i don't see it uh it doesn't do it for me uh those are the teams those are kind of i think that's 
if, if nothing else to be gained from the segment, that's kind of the, the range of quality that you're getting back in a Roko trade. You they trade him for two, they trade two first round picks to acquire Robert Covington. They are not going to recoup that. Um, he was pretty good last year. He's been pretty good since he was benched, um, but he was bad to begin the season. Um, he's had some, he certainly had some ups and downs and it started way down and has gotten better from there. Um, I think over the last six weeks, he's been good, uh, like good good and shooting well um pushing 40 percent from three like uh it's the but he's he doesn't have he's not a super he's not the super enticing young defensive um swiss army knife helper that he once was he could help a good team um and the blazers can hope to get back something of value but the something of value is sort of the joe ingles jetty osman torian prince type of level of value uh marvin bagley if you're really a believer Let's come back in the final final segment of this fine of this fine uh, podcast. It's late at night and I'm having trouble with transitions. I'm just going to give it to you, y'all. We're going to come back in the third segment. We'll talk about Norman Powell and the Blazers have a road trip coming up. We'll talk about both of those things. There's some interest in Norman Powell trade-wise and the Blazers are headed out for four games on the road. What can we expect from that one? That's what we'll do in the third segment. Join me there. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about Robert Covington's trade value in the previous segment. Now let's talk about another wing for the Blazers who's going to get some uh, trade interest, and that is Norman Powell. Norman Powell signed a five-year, $90 million extension this summer. That means that he is under contract for four more seasons after this one at an escalating rate of, uh, you know, average annual value of $18.5 million, but like, I think it's like, you know, 17 17 and some change, 18 and a half, 19 and some change is how is how the um, numbers work uh, moving forward. So you, I think that's about starter money. And Norman Powell is at least, I think you can project him for, you know, this season or next season and the year beyond. It's like a, probably like a starting level NBA player. He's going to be 32 the final year of that contract. I think you could argue that that's, um, you know, maybe an overpay at 19 million a year, but he can shoot and he competes on defense. That's the type of player um, that teams are after. And one of those teams that may very well be after the services of one Norman Powell is the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, no one has reported this, but my my colleague and friend uh, Jake Madison, who hosts uh, Locked on Pelicans, did a whole episode that you can go listen to right now in your feed. It's waiting. It's also on YouTube, wherever you available wherever you get podcasts uh, free in five days a week. That's how we do it here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But Jake did a whole show about um, whether the Pelicans should be after Norman Powell and what what that would look like. Um, And I think that is intriguing uh, because what the Pelicans, the Pelicans are going for it. They are the lone, one of the lone teams in the bottom half of the West that's like really wants to make the play in. They, they're in this weird range. There's a lot of, you know, there's like the, the Kings would like to make the playoffs, but they stink. They might just blow it up. The Spurs don't care. The Rockets and OKC are like actively avoiding it. The Blazers are in no man's land where they like don't want to make it, but they're too good and going to end up in the play in. And, but then they might, you know, make some trades to avoid the play in, but then they also need to be good next year. Like they're, they're truly in no man's land. The Pelicans though, are specifically going for it. And going for it means they need NBA quality guards to go help them play. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who did hit six three-pointers and ruin, <laughs> truly ruin a Blazer game by getting really hot in the fourth quarter, it just hasn't done it for him. Um, Devontae Graham has his moments, but um, they could use another quality guard. And so 
what Jake pitched was like, maybe Norm is a guy to go after. You know, he's he could he's a vet who can help you. He can make it happen. And then he could fit on the team going forward. Um, so it's it, the question is kind of what would that look like? And I think Jake, Jake lays it out. Um, you can listen, like I said, it's on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts, what it might take. Um, I would, if I'm the Blazers, I would try to get Josh Hart back. Josh Hart is better than Norman Powell. I don't think, I mean, that might be a hot take for some of you, um, but um, I'm a big believer in Josh Hart. I think he's really good. Um, And he's the type of role player that could always help. It's just, you're going to have to, um, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's either Josh Hart or it's some combination of end of the bench guys like, um, Jackson Hayes and Tomas Sadoransky that make the, um, that make up for Norman Powell's money. And if you're the Blazers, I don't think you want the sort of end of the bench flotsam. Um, I think you'd rather demand Hart. So maybe there's an impasse there, but I think that's a team that could have obvious interest in Norman Powell. It's a team that's rumored to have interest in CJ McCollum, but trading for CJ McCollum for the Pelicans is brutal. Like he makes $30 million. It's just like, there's no way to make that trade happen without, um, some, some true, some true magic. So I think Norm could be, um, Norm could be an option there. And that's, that's a team to keep an eye on. And I think there's been enough reporting to suggest that Norman Powell, pretty much everyone not named Dame could be traded. And Norm certainly, um, I believe it was Jake Fisher of Bleach Report who first reported it is like, would be open to a change of scenery because he sees the log jam and sees a team struggling and knows that, the next guy they're going to anoint is Anthony Simons who also plays the same position as him. And it's just, it could be, he sees the writing on the wall. Um, it's, it's there for him. So, um, I think the Pelicans are, are a team to keep an eye on. And I think also listen to lockdown Pelicans. Uh, the other one that's really interesting, and this one is I kind of saved the best for last, <laughs> how I built this podcast. Should I have led with the fastball? Yes, but I didn't. I saved the best for last. Um, Jake Fisher of Bleach Report reported that the Detroit Pistons have interest in Norman Powell, and that interest might include a swap for Powell for Jeremy Grant, and who boy, does that entice me. If the Blazers could acquire Jeremy Grant without giving up Ant, without having to um, without being that the move that gives away CJ McCollum. Also, I don't think CJ McCollum is as appealing as, uh, just because of the money, as appealing as Norman Powell. Um, if they could no, not have to trade Nas, not have to trade Ant, not have to trade CJ, and swap Norman Powell for Jeremy Grant, that would be um, a trade for a player who I think is similar, maybe a little better. I think Norm's efficiency and maybe like role playerness is maybe more valuable for the Blazers than what Jeremy Grant wants, which is to be like a primary option somewhere. And then he already is a primary option somewhere until they got Cade Cunningham. It's like, dog, maybe you're not primary material, but a primary option is what he would be here in Portland. Um, he would certainly be an offensive focal point um, to some extent, although if they still have Ant and Dame and CJ or just Ant and Dame, there's only so much basketball to go around. But Jeremy Grant was an elite role player with with the Denver Nuggets, help them get to the Western Conference Finals. And before he wanted to sort of spread his wings and get the ball in his hands more and prove that he could be, you know, just has more to his game. And he showed that certainly for half of the season in Detroit. Um, uh, he's, you know, he he can be an elite role player, a defensive stopper, a guy who guarded, you know, Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James in the playoffs, a, um, a, a dude who's pushed near 40% from three-point range. Um, you know, I, I kind of only viewed him at that time at sort of the, with the, 
uh, Nuggets as like just a really solid, lengthy role player. He was pretty good in OKC as well before that. Um, and then he kind of took off and showed some individual offense with the Pistons. Um, I don't love him as an ISO guy on offense like that, but I love him on the wing. I love him as a, f- I love him as a small four or kind of like a three in larger lineups. Um, I think he's probably best at viewed as a four defensively on most nights, except for teams that go really big because you might get beat up on the glass, but um, he can guard either of those positions and he can shoot and he can, pl- and he can be your tertiary or secondary offensive option on a good team. I believe in that. And if you could trade Norman Powell for Jeremy Grant, I'm Pounding the yes button. That was reported by Jake Fisher of Bleach Report as an option. That's one I'm I got huge eyeballs on. I already have big eyes. If you're watching on YouTube, you already know the deal. But like even larger eyeballs on that one. Like that's a that is the most enticing, most appealing trade the Blazers could possibly pull off. A Norman Powell for Jeremy Grant swap is really, really enticing. Uh, color me intrigued. You you know you get Jeremy Grant for another season. You know it's it's. You can figure it out if it works. He seems like a he seems like he'd be a really good fit, and he's not, um, you know, and he's already excelled as he doesn't want to be this, so that's why I bring it up. But like he's excelled as a role as a role player on a, on a good team. I think he could be that again, and I think you're starting. If the idea is to build with parts that fit around a Damian Lillard core, Jeremy Grant with his length, his athleticism, and his offense fits around a Damian Lillard core. This is the. This is the supercharged version of Alfred Camino you've always been waiting for. Someone who's who's long and rangy and can take on those um, you know those challenging defensive assignments and has some offense. The Blazers have kind of had one or the other on the wings. Grant would really um, would absolutely check that box, and I would be excited for him if the norm for Jeremy Grant thing is possible. Joe Cronin, do it, dog. <laughs> That's a great deal. I'm all for it. Um, like truly, 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 truly all for it. Um, it. It wasn't really reported like this is happening. It's reported as this is, you know, the Pistons have interest in Norman Powell. The Blazers have interest in Jeremy Grant. This is a thing. This is the type of thing that could get done. That is, again, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Appreciate the reporting, Jake. Uh, Blazers going on a road trip. Coming up. Uh, they, it begins Friday in Houston, then Chicago, OKC, and L.A. Um I don't really, instead of like previewing the games, let's just kind of like two and two, very reasonable. Uh, Houston, OKC are bad teams, two worst teams in the West. Chicago's good, but super beat up. Like they're just missing everybody, missing Lonzo Ball and missing Alex Caruso and missing, uh, uh, missing Derek Jones Jr. How am I forgetting Derek Jones Jr.'s name? Like they're missing a lot of sort of their defensive core, um, they're missing their parts, missing Zach Levine. Like they're missing some parts. Uh, so Chicago's still going to be tough, but they're not, they're not this like number one team in the East tough that they were, but that's not an easy game. And then after OKC, you close with the Lakers who are bad, but just got Anthony Davis back. So maybe they're good again. (laughs) Remains to be seen. I think the Lakers are just bad. Like I keep overrating them and telling you on this podcast that they're good and they're going to figure it out. But I like, I think I need to admit it. I think they're just not good. I think they're just straight up a, not a good basketball team that have a couple five hall of famers in the roster. You know, one who's the best player that I've probably ever seen. Um, and Anthony Davis is very good, but um, has been, this has not been a good year for him whatsoever. So I think two and two is very reasonable on that trip. Um, you know, if you're, if you're someone who's like kind of, kind of looking at this Mavs game and saying a loss, you say <laughs> a loss for, for a team headed uh, to miss the playoffs, uh, like 
I don't think 0-4 is on the table because I think they'll beat one of OKC and Houston. Certainly 1-3 and three is available. 2-2 um, two and two is possible. 3-1 and one is possible. 4-0 and oh seems like pie in the sky. Um, but I, th- I think... Two and two is where I'd peg it at. They'll be coming back here 22 and 30, um, you know, past the 50 game mark and, um, and, and pushing forward towards the trade deadline. I think there's a chance that guys get traded out on this road trip as we inch closer to the deadline, but there's a chance that all of the action happens like in the 48 hours or 24 hours, even right around deadline day as the Dom, as you wait for dominoes. Um, and I, I think this is important, um, is that, Robert Covington might be a fallback plan for teams chasing Jeremy Grant, right? Like, it's, oh, we need a rangy 3-4 who can defend, and we really want Jeremy Grant because he's like a borderline star. Oh, we didn't get him. Okay, let's, now we'll go Robert Covington, right? Like, now you'll you'll backtrack. And it's like, um, you know, maybe teams who are after kind of like a buddy healed, okay, we really need some offensive punch, say, oh, that didn't work. What if we get Norman Powell? Like, he's he's better defender, maybe not as good of an offensive, like, just pure shooter, but like, oh, what if, what if, and it's like more financial commitment. So, like, I think some of the dominoes for the Blazers, since they have some secondary choices, that's how it will work. Of course, if the magic norm for Jeremy Grant trade happens, the Blazers are that domino, baby. So, um, maybe it'll happen. Uh, I think that's what's ahead. The, I know what's ahead for this very podcast. It's a um, we've got one more show on Friday. I believe a local reporter from the Athletic is going to join us, but we weren't able to nail that one down. And I promised you last week, and then I struck out, so I don't want to promise again. But probably, probably a local reporter from the uh, website theathletic.com will be joining us. Uh, will be joining us on the on the show on Friday. So come back. We'll have a show regardless, but I believe it'll be an interview show with uh, with a. A recurring guest here. So come back and join us for that one. Tell your friends about this podcast. Make the show your first listen every day. Make it part of daily routine and then tell your friends to do the same. It's available on all of your platforms, YouTube and every single podcast carrier. So just search Lockdown Blazers and you'll find us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.